Well, we try. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do everything perfectly, can we? One, two, three, snap. Welcome to Attached, a podcast about the loved ones we're attached to and the good, the bad, and the ugly advice about those relationships that maybe we shouldn't be so attached to. We here at Attached want to share ways to enhance your relationships and debunk all of that bad relationship advice using science. I'm Dr. Patricia Robertson out of the University of Tennessee. I'm Dr. Jacob Priest from the University of Iowa. I'm Dr. Sarah Woods at UT Southwestern Medical Center. This week, we have all sorts of goodies to bring to you. Jacob will bring us something that feels like it has that cottage core feel in pop and culture. Then was no, nope, you missed on that one. You missed on that one. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so happy about that. Um, then in all, academic- week, all week you thought of that. All week you're like, mm, let me think. Did you say cottage core? Yeah. What does that even mean? It's like um, the prairie look, oh, fashion no, style. Is, oh no, this is not even okay. This is. It's the exact opposite of that, but but go on. <laughs> go on. Then in the academic deep dive, we're going to discuss the academic article, Do Conversations End When People Want Them To? And then in Good or Bad Advice, we're going to discuss an article from Worried Lover called 20 Signs Your Wife is Cheating. Oh. <laughs> we're not going to go through all 20 by the way but uh it's pretty intense i read some of them to my husband and he just laughed out loud anyway um i'm not really sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing i was we'll, gonna say we'll, we'll break it down later we'll break it down later if you have any advice you'd like us to talk about send it to us you can email us at attachpodcast at gmail.com Tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram us at Attached Podcast, or go to attachpodcast.com and send us a message. We love messages. They're so much fun to get. Also, we are on YouTube, as you all know. So please smash that YouTube subscribe button and follow us there for video versions of each of these podcast episodes. How fun to see our faces react in real time. Also, remember, please kindly to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. We would appreciate it greatly. So we have a lot lined up this episode. But before we get to all of that goodness, that uh, cottagecore goodness, uh, how are you guys doing? It's been a busy wedding summer for us. Uh... Hashtag back summer wed summer. Yeah. Well, and the good thing about that is like we've had like weddings where you have to upload your like a copy of your vaccine card. Ooh, I like and, it. Um, like people wow. have been taking a lot of precautions, but you know, there was a lot of people who were going to go to weddings last summer that moved to this summer. So we've been going oh, to a lot of weddings yeah. and we actually had a wedding here locally in Iowa. And so yesterday you know, we were getting all ready to go. We were keen and ready to go. We hopped yeah. in the car. We drove. It's about 30 minutes away. We showed up to the church. Okay. And it's like. Oh, no. Where, where is it? Like, you think, like, there would be. I mean, we were early. We weren't, like, late. So it was like, people should be, like, coming, going into the church. So we go and we open it. And it's, like, pitch black. And we're like, wait a second. This can't be right. 
this this isn't right. Oh my so gosh. we go grab the invitation. No. In the car, and it's today. Oh. <laughs> so, so we we're like. You know, we were like, you know, getting everybody all ready, getting all ready to go. Oh. Like, oh, I'm so glad we'll just have the day off tomorrow where we don't have to do any of this, get up and go anywhere. And like, nope, we're going to be doing it again. Yeah. So and it for, just, for everyone yeah. out there in listening land, we record on Sundays. <laughs> oh, oh that yeah. stinks. Yeah. So it was it was really hilarious. Like, how did we looked at the invitation so many times to figure out, oh okay, my gosh. what time do we need to be there? Where is it? Okay. Didn't look at the date. We just <laughs> had in our minds it was on a Saturday. Totally oh, my God. In. So, um, so it's, it was kind of an adventure weekend. We were like, oh, no. Like, we felt that we had missed it first. First, it was like, was it a different weekend? But oh we're going to be going to a wedding again today so it'll be fun Aww. so exciting yay get dress up twice in yeah. two days that's yeah. cool that's a lot for me <laughs> i know sweat sweatpants king over right. here yeah especially <laughs> during the pandemic oh yeah sarah how are you doing what's up I'm... what's new what's hip what's cool oh, i definitely don't know <laughs> i don't know what's i don't know what's hip um, I have definitely uh, not using the word hip. I would sure. Is, oh, guess yeah, one. that's what I that's what I should have countered with. <laughs> gotcha. Um, no, I have um, taken on this new project of like redoing my child's old bedroom. It was like her nursery bedroom, and trying mm. to turn it into something that is, it, I think, just a room for me. <laughs> um, and so I have been like, is it like um, a panic room? Where you can go in and like Damn. padded Damn. walls, you can just like scream. Yeah. That's what you envisioned that was like of the core needs that I have. It was a panic room. Jeez. Um, no, it's it's. I'm trying to give it the vibe of like um, sort of like a dark, moody. Oh. oh gosh, yes. A lot of prairie dresses, like desert scenes. No, like a dark sort of moody, like library cocktail lounge. Ooh, yeah, I don't I really like. know what's gonna happen. So, so far, you're turning a nursery into a cocktail lounge? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> and it's upstairs where no one will ever use it. <laughs> but the walls are now very dark green. Ooh. And uh, we have a little bit of new furniture, not much because of the pandemic shipping timelines, right? So like yeah, the yeah, furniture yeah. I ordered will be here in 2022. Oh my word. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been up to is trying to make that space into a panic room. Um, and it's, it's going well. panic room? <laughs> that's good, good. I'm glad it's going well for you. foam on the door and a, three locks. Just for me, keep my family out. <laughs> Things are going well. Things are going well there in uh, Texas. Quarantine month nineteen. Thank you so much. Good lord, I know it's crazy. Things I think are just are going. You know, one foot in front of the other. Here we're doing doing well. Nothing too bad. Nothing too good. You know, it's it's good. Yesterday I was very productive in terms of like house stuff. It felt really really good. And this uh, is uh, me um, lodging a complaint. So I was going to, well, I did celebrate my productive day. And I asked my lovely husband to get a bottle of Prosecco so I could celebrate. Nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but Prosecco, when you open a bottle, you have to finish it or else it goes bad. Right. That's right. I mean, that is the rule. That it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like vodka. Yeah. You know, like once the bottle is open, you well, have to finish. No, that's, 
Nope, that's not how that works. <laughs> nope. I've been drinking vodka wrong. <laughs> so I, in celebration, did a whole bottle of Prosecco last night. That's not how you phrase that. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you did a bottle of Prosecco? Are you, like, are you like mainlining that into your arm? Like, what are you... Oh, listeners, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My brain's not exactly firing on all of the no, cylinders. It clearly. should be. But, like, why can't we find a way to, you know, have Prosecco, you know, like, where you don't have to drink it all in one night? Where you can cork it? Like, like um, close the bottle back up, you mean? Yeah. I think you can do oh. that. <laughs> Are you sure, though? I don't know. I mean, it, feels like it, doesn't, it doesn't last for, like, a week, but you could probably have had some of it tonight. <laughs> I mean, I'm not judging. I just am suggesting it's, it might have been possible. Oh. Not in my house, apparently. That's not how Prosecco... I think Prosecco might just lose its fizziness faster in my house than other households, like, even sure. with a cork. So I just have more. to finish... Yeah, te- in Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> up north in Tennessee. Um, in the mountains, you know. Um, so I just had to finish a whole entire bottle of Prosecco last night. Aw, celebration. Yay! Yay! I mean, I saw those Insta stories. You should yeah. be celebrating. I was like, come on, making, like, everything. Made hot sauce, apple juice, um, cheese. Making the cheese, making the applesauce, and some apple juice, which was a lot of fun. Your cool little apple peeler thing? That's amazing. Yeah, that's a lot of fun to do. The kids can do that one, too. It's a round one. It was a really good, productive day, and then I celebrated. And I was like, I guess I have to finish this bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> or else it'll go bad. Uh, so, yeah, it was, a really, it was a really good day. I felt good at the end of it. And now... Not as good as maybe I could be feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you ran out, that's all. You're sad. Yeah. yeah, if you would have had two bottles per second, you would have been fine. I like the way you guys think. I like the way you guys think. I like you too. I like you too a bunch. Woo-hoo. First up, popping culture. We learn about relationships from our friends and family, but... A lot of what we think about love and relationships come from what we see in pop culture. For this first segment, we'd like to take a moment to highlight events in pop culture that influence people's lives and how we view relationships. Jacob, what you got for us this week? So I think it's the opposite of cottage core. Now that I understand what cottage core, I'm, I'm mm. saying that right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you're nailing um, it. You're nailing this. Good. Thank you. Thank you. So have either of you watched no. Bling Empire on Netflix? Yes. Yes. Ah. Believe it or not, got some reality show action in me. Yes. So another weird phrasing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just so, buckle up. It's going to be a weird episode. So, <laughs> all the Prosecco. Are, are you still working on the bottle right now? Is that what you're... This is coffee, so... <laughs> Turn on YouTube and you'll see. So, if you're not familiar with the premise of Bling Empire, what it does is it follows very wealthy Asian and Asian American folks who live in California. So, Los Angeles area. So there's a lot of Dolce and Gabbana and Christian Dior clothes, which I don't feel like fit into that cottage core theme. No, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, you're right. No, maybe. you're right. You're right. Um, you're right. Have, it's been a long time since I shopped at Dolce and Gabbana or Christian Dior. You know, like 
since I took that vow of poverty when I was decided to go to grad school. <laughs> anyway. Tell me more um, about this life before grad school when you shopped at Christian Dior and uh, Gucci. <laughs> it's a part of your life I'm unfamiliar with. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just, you know, that like, okay, now I must move away from these things to pursue a life in academia. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah, research, giving back to the community. Noble cause. God, well, you're so good. And it's so interesting. Like, I've run people who think that professors make a lot of money. It's like, not a family therapy professor. You don't make <laughs> that kind of money. Anyway, I digress. So Bling Empire focuses on these really, like, intergenerational wealth, um, you know, billion-dollar trust funds, that that yeah. type of wealth. So really, really wealthy people. Really, but like, I talk... upper 0.5% uh, type of situation. situation. Yeah. But I want to talk about, as we talk about every season on the Attached Podcast, mm triangulation because i think you need a jingle so for it jacob triangulation oh. try you yeah, try angulation try angulation oh, oh another song <laughs> oh. you oh, need to have a bottle of prosecco every night before we record please please okay. <laughs> um, i feel like we should get a prosecco sponsor hello prosecco sponsors anybody um, want to I'm here for the Kirkland Costco brand Prosecco <laughs> tea. If you guys want to sponsor me all day, all, all, all the day. The fancy all, stuff is what I you almost said on. all day, yeah. all along. To you be fair, I don't, I don't know if you can cork Costco brand. I take back my advice <laughs> earlier. I don't know how that works. Those bubbles might gotta, go away fast. You gotta, you gotta down, you gotta down the bottle. That's what I'm saying. Let's talk about. Three of the, I was going to call them characters, but they're actually real humans Human on beings. the show. Um, so Kelly, okay, who was married previously to uh, a very wealthy man who was actually like running a really big cyber like embezzlement scheme. Ooh, so they got divorced good. and she has lots of trust issues. And she is currently dating Andrew, who as they introduce him on the show, is most known for playing the Red Power Ranger. <laughs> bless it. I mean, bless it. Imagine LA. that is... Must be in L.A. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Kevin, who is actually not wealthy. He's just the model friend. And so, because he's so attractive, yeah. um, you know, everybody keeps him around. They they give him really know. expensive clothing. And he is <laughs> very kind of he stuff. is very pretty, though. He, he is very pretty. So, Andrew and Kelly have a very toxic relationship. Oh my, it's... Kelly, of course, has trust issues. Yeah. And Andrew has a lot of abandonment issues because he feels like his parents weren't there for him. Yeah, I so... was gonna, I was gonna say control issues, but I, you, re you mm. reframe that in a more empathetic light. Well, we're gonna talk about okay. how, yeah, none of the friends, none of the friends in this circle really support Kelly and Andrew's relationship. Mm. In fact. The friends are trying to persuade Kevin and Kelly to start dating, right? So we get this really defined triangle. Mm. We have this toxicity between Kelly and Andrew. Yeah. And so when Kelly wants to have fun, maybe connect emotionally with someone, she goes out drinking with Kevin. She chats him up. They have a good time. They flirt a little bit. And then she goes back to Andrew. So in one of the earliest episodes, another f another friend of these three, Anna, 
flies Kelly and Andrew out to eat at her favorite restaurant in Paris. As, you know, one, just, as yeah. one does. Yeah. 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 So they fly out to Paris. Um, Andrew's jet lagged in the morning. So Kelly and this other woman, her name is Anna, um, go out shopping. And then all of a sudden you see Andrew wake up or start texting and calling and saying all sorts of terrible things to Kelly. Um, but then, of course, by the end, they have reconciled. They're crying. They're, you know, bonding back together and everything's fine. And then, as you can probably guess, it happens over and over and over again. So all these friends are trying to say, like, Kelly, break up with Andrew and go date Kevin. And Kevin's like, hey, I date you. Um, <laughs> The acting, and, the acting that's happening currently is my favorite. It, it's just amazing. <laughs> you guys right? need to, you guys and need to log on to YouTube just for like the shoulders, the shoulder, shooting. the shoulder acting so, is so good. <laughs> the thing, the thing is, is, we've talked a lot about toxicity and relationships, but I think sometimes what we miss is when friends are trying to mm. intervene in mm. relationships, they can sometimes prop up the toxicity. What do I mean by that? What do you mean by that? So by triangulating Kevin into this relationship between Kelly and Andrew, mm -hmm. what happens is Kelly knows that she has this outlet, right? Oh. She knows that there's a safe landing pad for her, but she doesn't really want to give up this relationship with Andrew. She's been divorced before. She doesn't want to have a bad breakup again. She wants just everything to be good and happy. So, but because she knows that Kevin will be there, it gives her the opportunity to stay in this toxicity. Yeah. She to has like, the emotional okay. safety with Kevin as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so what she can do is the friend group is trying to prop up or trying to break up this relationship by triangulating somebody else in when mm. in fact it's actually providing toxic stability to this relationship. Mm. So I think sometimes, and we're going to talk about this in the future when we talk about Ted Lasso, there's good ways to tell friends that their relationships are toxic. Yep. But triangulation or bringing another friend in is actually going to perpetuate, in all likelihood, perpetuate the pattern. And when it does, when the relationship does come to an end, it's most likely going to be more toxic, more emotionally damaging. There's going to be higher levels of control and conflict. So... If you are ever worried about a friend's relationship, yes. the conversation you should, shouldn't be having is, well, you should be dating this person, mm -hmm. right? It should be focused solely on your concerns with the core relationship, not the desire to bring someone else in. Job well done, sir. Bringing that reality Agreed. TV show, bringing that science to it. Um, yeah, I love it. I like it. Toxic relationships, man. I don't like them. I don't like toxic relationships for the record. I don't like them either, but they are very interesting to me. That's maybe why I do what I do. That's it's why you chose that vow of poverty. <laughs> you so toxic relationships. So interesting. You're so... Uh, farewell, Dior. <laughs> I've chosen a life of studying toxic relationships. Farewell. Ooh. Such a saint, Jacob is. I am. But last name, pretty and humble, and humble, and humble too. Oh, 
if if you knew anything about me, well known for his humility, humility, um, <laughs> poverty, not liking nice things. <laughs> that's that's me. Now we're going to move to our academic deep dive segment and talk about a new paper titled Do Conversations End When People Want Them To? Written by Dr. Adam Mastroianni and Dr. Daniel Gilbert at Harvard and Dr. Gus Gooney at UPenn and Dr. Timothy Wilson at the University of Virginia, recently published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. These authors study the art or science, mind you, of conversation. We all talk all the time, some of us more than others. We <laughs> chat with friends, enjoy endless Zoom meetings, check in with our kids about their school days. We give advice to spouses, ask for help from neighbors. The three of us love to talk so much, we started a podcast. How about that, you guys? <laughs> The authors of this paper actually write, conversation is so universal and ubiquitous that an alien observer could be forgiven for concluding that human beings were mainly designed to eat, sleep, and vibrate their vocal cords in each other's <laughs> presence. How, I love it. <laughs> how fantastic when you think about that all that we're doing is just vibrating our vocal cords at each other. But they point out, although we converse all the time, it is not actually a very easy thing to do, um, hence social anxiety. We need to understand <laughs> what the other person is saying, think about what we want to say, jump in to talk only when it's appropriate, remember what hasn't been said, use language that fits for who you're talking to, and we need to eventually end that conversation. <laughs> eventually. And it turns out people aren't actually all that great at deciding when to stop talking, hence social anxiety, once they've started. Because the purpose of conversation is to establish and maintain relationships. Ending conversation is sort of tricky because we don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Because we don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. The authors describe a sort of coordinated dance we do at the end of conversation trying to keep talking just long enough so it fits for the other person, but also is over when we want it to be. That is, uh, that is quite the dance. <laughs> if we were honest about wanting to stop talking, it would end more, much more easily, but it might hurt the relationship, right? Hurt the other person's feelings. So we hide how we feel and keep gifting the gab, as we all say. So, Sarah, <laughs> these researchers test how people... Gift in the gab? You know, we just keep on gabbing. Gift to, give him mm. the end of the gift to gab, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. And people, it's like, people say it all the time. Mm -hmm. So, Sarah... They do now. <laughs> so, Sarah, these researchers test how people end these conversations. Um, just thinking about this process gives me a little bit of social anxiety. I know they don't talk about social anxiety, but clearly I have been. Uh, whether it's when everyone wants to or when at least someone does, one person does. I'm going to stop talking now, or am I going to stop talking? You never know when I'm going to stop talking. Um, and hope that you tell us how they did that. Sarah, your turn. Go on, Sarah. Are you ready, Sarah? It's your turn. Are you ready? You? Go? You want to? 
I was ready a long time oh, ago. Oh, no. How awkward. <laughs> oh, oh, my anxiety just shot through the roof. I'm so sorry. So this team actually did two studies. Uh, the first, they focused on conversations with people we know and having people recall those conversations. So um, they had a sample of 806 people, average age of about 37, complete an online survey where they asked them questions about recent conversations they've had with a romantic partner, family, friends, just everyday life conversations. So when they recalled that conversation, right, they were asked how long did it last, whether there was a point during the conversation when they mm. felt ready for it to end, and if yes, then estimate about that point, right? So if, say, the conversation was 22 minutes, at about what point were you like, I wish I was out of this? And if no, <laughs> estimate how much longer they wish the conversation had continued. Mm. I was enjoying it so much, I would have liked to continue to talk until... It was dinner time. Um, and then they also asked them to estimate how the conversation partner that they were talking with would answer those questions. So what they found was that um, almost two-thirds of people said that, yes, they had wanted it to end before it did. Oh. And not only that, these people enjoyed the conversation much less than those who had wanted to keep talking. Oh. So to uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive, they do a few sort of additional, they call them supplemental studies, where they sort of repeat these same questions for different samples and expand on it a little bit, look okay. at some other angles. And what they found was not only did it, did it replicate that the, the majority of people said that, yes, they wanted the conversation to end before it did, but they would have preferred that the conversation ended then. And it would have been better conversation if it had ended then. And they continue to feel ready for it to end for the rest of the conversation. Oh, gosh. Meaning it's not like, you know, I love this study so much. We're not even to the best part yet. Um, so they, uh, they, it's not a momentary sort of fleeting thing where you're like, oh, should I like end? Should I, did I get what I need out of this? And I should go for the rest of the conversation. They're like, drags on. they're the people that are the other person on the end of the phone going, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Uh -huh. my, my grandma's here. I got to oh. go. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear. Right. Bad coverage. Uh, so then what they did was they calculated the desired duration of conversations for participants oh. who wanted it to end and also for, for those who didn't. Um, so for those that they said, yeah, I wish I'd gotten out of it earlier, they calculated it at that minute that they wanted to end. That was a desired duration. For those who said they did not want the conversation to end, they took the actual duration plus the number of extra minutes they wish it had kept going for. I just loved it so much. It wasn't just a 20-minute conversation. I wish it had been 35 minutes. So on average, they found that people wish their conversation had been 56% different than it oh, actually wow. was. Oh, wow. Which equates to about uh, six and a half minutes different, um, which uh, maybe on the small sort of scale of individual conversations doesn't sound like a lot. But if you think about staying in a conversation for about seven minutes past when you want to, you can feel the weight of those seven <laughs> minutes sometimes, right? So then they calculated the participants' perceptions of how long they thought their partners wanted the mm. conversations to go and whether they wanted it to go for longer or shorter than it did. And they thought that their partners wanted it to be even more different than they did. They thought it was about oh. uh, their partners wanted it 81% uh, different, about um, eight and a half minutes uh, different than it was. So in general, they say that in these recalled conversations, people didn't come close to getting what they wanted, and they thought their partners didn't either. And participants oh on average thought that they wanted to stop talking long before their partners did. 
I I want out. I uh, I met, got my needs met like uh, ten minutes ago. So um, now, what's interesting, right? That they say is that the limitation of this first study uh, or little collection of studies is it's not dyadic. So it's one person right. reporting on what they perceive their partner to be, um, and sometimes these people are saying that conversations ended because of like external. Uh, circumstances, right. right? My my order's ready. I pull. I'm pulling up to the takeout window. I have to go to the bathroom. Food food related, right? <laughs> right. I got a meeting. I got to get to. Um, my kid but is also screaming. They weren't, they weren't really sure if that was an excuse. Maybe right. people say that, right? Um, and also, obviously, recall can be incredibly biased. So, um, so they did study two, which is the lab mm. experiment, Ooh. which I love so much. So they introduced strangers. And they allowed them to converse until they just naturally terminated their conversations and asked them about it, right? So they took 252 strangers, wow. average 23 years old, right? And they said, go into this room with this person you've never met. Talk about for whatever you like for as little time or as much time as you like, as long as it's more than one minute and less than 45 minutes. And then to make sure that they weren't ending to like escape the lab and go home with their extra credit. Um, they didn't say they were undergrads. I just assume at 23, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. somewhere in there. There's some undergrads. Um, and they said, all- whenever whenever yeah. you're done, we're going to then interview you after for the remainder of the time. So there was no like external reward of cutting right. it off, right? So they asked them again afterwards, was there a point where you felt like it, you were ready to get done there? And when was that? Or for how much longer did you want it to continue? And yeah. what do you think your partner thought? Again, almost the exact number 69% said yes they'd wanted it to end and they also enjoyed the conversation less they wanted to end before it did Uh, people's conversations were about 46% different or seven and a half minutes different than they'd Mm -hmm. wanted to be and they thought their partners experienced the conversation length 40% different than they'd wanted it to be in length but now it's dietic so they can compare and see is there is it remotely accurate right so participants underestimated their partner's desired duration. They were really incorrect, right? So they estimated their desired duration by over nine minutes inaccurately. Wow. Um, our estimates of what we think the people we are talking to want are highly inaccurate. We have no idea what the other person wants. That's and amazing. <laughs> I know. People also All thought projection. their desired duration was longer than their partner's and differed maybe by about five minutes. But it actually was different by about... Uh, 10 minutes. Wow. Wow. So the discrepancy between uh, individuals, these di- participants and these partners was more than twice as large as the participants' partners actually thought it was. Um, which is, you know, again, it feels awkward and I really like it. Um, so <laughs> when so when did these conversations end? Once you put them in the lab, right, when do they get out? When do they get out? So, right, because now they have not only the perceptions of when I wanted to end, when I thought you wanted to end, when did you think you wanted to end, right? This dance, they have these perceptions dance. They also have a video recording. They can see when it actually ended. So what they found was in almost half of the conversations, both people wanted it to end before it did. I can't even say it with a straight face. I just love it so much. They're just being so polite. They're they're just so awkward. Conversations ended at at a time that one person wanted to, at least one person wanted to, uh, 29% of the time. And it ended when both people wanted to and only 1.59% of the conversations. Wow. Yikes. Oh, I love it so much. (laughs) I really, like, I really would like a follow-up, like... I would love follow, lots of follow-up experiments to this, which I'm sure um, these people have lots of plans to do that because it's really just fun. Um, but uh, where you sort of remove some of that um, 
social need to like get out of it, right? So if you uh, try to train people to like be honest about it, because part of what they're saying is we don't give people the information that they right. Need. We, we're doing this like dance where if we just told people, I'm done with this conversation now, I've gotten my needs met, and left, you would successfully end that conversation. Yeah. So I'd love it if you told people, like, we're training people to do this because it helps, and then see what the social injury is after. Yeah. If, right, because the, the takeaway potentially is our desires for conversations, we do not align. We don't realize how different we want things when we're talking, and so is it possible to be more honest with each other? And I think it'd be sort of an interesting study to test if you if you ask people to be honest for the sake of the study. Right. What's the injury to the relationship? Is there actually a, how injurious is it? Because I it'd be hard to it'd be hard to do that and not and not even feel rude, right? Like to imagine. Right. Uh, but if it is for the study, the self injury, uh, the the injury to the other person, the social injury. Sorry, might be less because you know that they're supposed to do so, that. Unless they're blind to that. Yes. Unless you're only training the one person. And then you sort of um, uh, measure what that looks like. I don't know that the IRB, I don't know how, if they would decide that that's too too unethical. Oh, yeah, but I really true. would like to see how this manipulates in person. Now, the reverse good we could also try in real life. It'd be easier to say, I love to keep talking to you about this, right? Like this, I'm really enjoying our conversations and I recognize you have to go or I have to go, but let's come back to this. Like, I really love talking to you. We could mm-hmm. be maybe more transparent about that. That feels more relationship building. Um, but I also sort of wonder, like, in <laughs> at least I'm thinking about myself, <laughs> is it possible that we like worry too much about this? Like, yeah. when I think about going into a social situation where I know small talk has to have, like, like conferences, right? I'm like, oh, it's just four days of small talk. <laughs> I'm like, oh, does anybody really want to be doing this? I don't really know. Um, but but it's also possible that maybe I'm too in my head about it, and we just sort of need to let conversations like unfold naturally because you know chances are there were some people who wanted these things to keep going yeah. and they enjoyed those conversations which is which is good for them <laughs> good for them i also wonder like the counter like how did people feel when there were like bouts of silence right like i wonder if this is correlated oh. with like your comfort level with silence sure well as a therapist I kept thinking about the times, like my whole job, right, is to sort of monitor the social interaction between people, yeah. that work, but also between myself and them, and when to jump in to ask something, right. or when to wait and leave it. I mean, trying to be trying to be comfortable with silence was like the primary goal of my my first few years of learning to do therapy. It was like. You got to soothe yourself and just hang back just a little bit because you're just going to take up the whole space out of your own need um, because you, you're just sort of reading the other person. And if I, now I know that in, on average we do that pretty poorly, it, I feel like it's going to impact me more. Well, I hope that like therapists who are actively trained in conversation Shh. basically are better at oh, this. Oh, so that's an interesting experiment too, right? Yeah. Put people like uh, sort people by like a prior training profession, yeah. other sorts of like, because because I mean I would love to think that too. And also it's like <laughs> like the studies that say that doctors take should take better care of their health because they know better. But that's I, not how it yeah, works. and I've also met some <laughs> crazy awkward therapists. So therapists, maybe, right. maybe it does. Therapists are cute. <laughs> Therapists are human people, too. Uh, are so they I also, human, though? Are they? No, I'm just kidding. They, they are. are. I'm talking to Gift, Gifted humans. Uh, gift, they Shoot. keep gifting the gab. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> as one says, you know the saying. As all people say. You know that so think, really popular uh, saying from the 50s? 
gifting the gap. I also just also imagined like, what does this look like after like after COVID? Um, imagining that there is a post-COVID life where more people maybe start to return to the office or start spending more time together with other people. Right? We're gonna be in more social situations that we haven't been for a while, and so it might just be important to be gentle with ourselves we might have some skill learning to do <laughs> Re- uh, relearning redo. to do yeah 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 I agree. either way either way um if i want out chances are the other person does too so it's okay that's my it's, it's my a, main takeaway call it you know say hey all right good talking to you we'll catch up soon later here comes the train i gotta go <laughs> The trade. I feel like maybe that was in the paper. To be the, to be honest, this paper is one of the most enjoyable papers I have ever read. Like, it's not just that the studies are cool and it's a really cool question. Yeah. It's so, it's written so well. I love it's that. got such a cool style of writing. There's, they use exclamation points in several parts. Like, they themselves are excited about their findings. Aww. I just love that the editor didn't take that stuff out. It's really great. It's um, it's very cool. Now, so. now I'm thinking about all the editors I've ever had and how they <laughs> never would have let me keep any of that fun stuff in. So I'm glad they had a good editor. That was good. I, I think we should start pushing against that and just, like, having, like, fun, like, very flowery descriptive language in our it studies. It was so cute. Fun. They t- they talk about like why does this matter, right? But then they they sort of explain it um like um social social interaction isn't a luxury. It's like it's the bread of life. Like mm. this is how we connect with people and um con- conversation is that bread and butter of how we we have relationships. And so they use some phrase of like humans may not live by bread alone, but they can surely starve without it. This Mercy. sort of research matters. I know. I was like, damn, you sold me at the start and at the end. All right. You had me at hello. <laughs> Wink. It's a it's a great paper. It's Good. very cool. I love it. Finally, time for good or bad advice, where we talk about pervasive relationship advice in our culture. We hear relationship advice from our parents, friends, and family. We see advice about how to be in these relationships from movies and TV shows. And we read endless advice spewed at us on all the social medias, blogs, and numerous top 10 lists. But a lot of it just isn't actually good for our relationships. This is the part of the show when we use science, mind you, to decide if the advice is good or bad. If you have seen or heard any advice you'd like us to talk about, send it to us. Email us at attachedpodcast at gmail.com or get at us on the Twitters, the Insta, the Facebook um, at Attached Podcast or, you know, just go to attachedpodcast.com Uh, Send us a message. We've already talked about how much we love messages, so, you know, just do it. While you're at it, please rate and review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or YouTube, and um, also share with your loved ones. You know how people love podcasts. Or sometimes, in my case, they say, what is a podcast? And let me tell you. Let me introduce you to this world, Mom. Here is the app. Let me download it for you, Mom. I love you so much. Hopefully, you're finally listening. I love you. So... Today we're going to talk about a website article from the website called worriedlovers.com. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced in that tone. Um, It's called 20 Signs Your Wife is Cheating. Oh. All right. So are you guys ready? Let's do it. I'm not going to go through all 20. I'm just going to pull out a handful of them. And remember, 
I had to remind myself about this while reading them. We're going to try real hard to uh, talk about science and not just laugh out loud. Okay. 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 So the first one, I'm going to read number two and three together. So again, this is signs that your wife is cheating on you. Number two, um, they've become more judgmental towards your marriage or relationship. One thing to note about cheating spouses, they usually try to rationalize their behavior. One way of doing this is to make out that their marriage or relationship is worse than it actually is. Number three, this is the one right after number two. Your marriage is suddenly better than ever. If your marriage is really great right now, I don't want to burst your bubble, but it could be a sign that your spouse is a cheater. (laughs) It goes more for, this goes more for the relationship that weren't that great. And then out of nowhere, they're amazing. Good or bad advice. I love the contradiction of these two. I'm like, oh, okay. So either your relationship is crap or it's amazing. Your spouse is cheating. So, Jacob, what are you thinking? Yeah, Yeah, it kind of seems like the default is, when in doubt, your spouse is cheating. Like, (laughs) to me, that doesn't seem like, no one is called, like, worried lovers, because you're a little bit paranoid, and you seem to be taking everything that might be, um, like, normal, right? Relationships are going to have Evelyn flow. Sometimes it's going to be really good. Sometimes it's going to be hard. That doesn't necessarily mean your spouse is cheating on you. That said, um, I think if we were going to rank this advice, number two is better than number three. (laughs) Like, I would say that, yeah, if you feel like all of a sudden that just everything you do, there's some criticism, there's some, like, like, maybe unwarranted level of contempt or hostility... That could be a sign of cheating, but it could also be a sign that there's something else going on yeah. that needs to be discussed, right? Um, so and on the other end of that, like if everything is going great and awesome, like it just kind of sounds like whoever wrote this, they might actually want to look into like maybe some mental health conditions. <laughs> like it seems pretty manic to me. I don't know. Like... Um, we're going from everything, oh, everything's terrible to everything's great, everything's terrible to everything's great. So, I don't know if my first thought would be, (laughs) like, I don't know if my first thought would be like, oh, uh uh-oh, she says everything's great, what's she doing? Or, uh uh-oh, she's frustrated with me, who's she sleeping with? Like, that seems a little paranoid. So, both of these, um, like, you can monitor these things, but don't jump to the conclusion that this is a sign that your spouse is cheating on you. So, bad advice. I actually think it's good advice. What? (laughs) I know the premise. I know both of you set it up, but I shouldn't say that. But I think actually the science does suggest that either of these things can happen because I don't think that the science is necessarily conclusive about what relationships look like when infidelity is occurring. And some of the science suggests that people can become um, really sort of critical, demanding, uh, like uh, jealous of you, even though like they are having a relationship that you don't know about. Um, Like personality changes can be, uh, per the science, I think, 
a sign of infidelity or sort of what we can observe when infidelity is going on. And the reverse can happen too. I think that there is some science that supports that sexual satisfaction can improve in a relationship when infidelity is going on in it. I think that that... That's true. I, I think that that is also what the science would suggest. So I agree with Jacob's first point that this is not how I would... I think probably if you're looking at the website, worriedlovers.com, you probably already have some concern that maybe your, your partner is cheating. And now yeah, that you've got If you're looking this, at the website, that's a good sign that you're if you've got, You don't need to get to tip three, but if you've made it all the way to tip three and uh, you've decided that either something is sort of worse here than it, than it, and it doesn't make sense or it's better here and it doesn't make sense, here is where you turn turn off worried lovers and go talk to your lover yes. um, and have a conversation about I'm observing, like here's some, something's going on. Something's different here. What's go, what's up? Which I, which is the one thing I think that I, I was missing from that is like, um, good, good. When you have a conversation, go, go talk, go talk to your person. Um, so we have a bad advice and a good advice. Uh, anyway, I'm going to skip ahead to number seven. The intimacy has faded. It's a sad moment when sexual attraction fades. And though it could be due to many reasons, a common one is that they're getting it from someone else. If you find that your spouse is constantly rejecting you in the bedroom, that could be a sign of a cheater. Good or bad advice. <laughs> so, I... I don't think I would say like if you find the sexual attraction, the your you know like your sexual relationship like waning, that you need to jump to the common explanation, which is infidelity, right? I think that there could be a number of reasons why. So, I, if you are noticing a change in your sexual relationship. But every, you know, there's a lot of con context around it where there's been stress or there's been other things that aren't necessarily like about your relationship. Have a conversation. I don't think yeah. that's the time to, you know, like breaking into your partner's phone to see if they're cheating on you. I think that's four or five steps down the road. Can it be a sign of cheating? Yes. Is it a very common as labeled in this advice? I wouldn't put it on that level. So for that reason, I'm saying Good. bad advice. Bad advice. Sit Woods? I would say probably for the same reasons I might say that, um, uh, good advice, meaning there is, um, there is, as Jacob's describing some research to support that, um, loss of interest in, in sex with your partner. If you're observing that it, it could be an early sign of, um, infidelity occurring or, uh, but I also think the bigger picture is there are so many different reasons why this can happen. Yeah. And I think an issue in common or um, an issue in current relationships is that we have this expectation that they should be continually sexually blissful forever and for eternity. And there are so many different reasons why um, I think the advice is like intimacy has faded right yeah attraction there's fades. so many reasons why that happens that um i agree that if your first thing you're wondering about um actually it doesn't even matter no matter why that that's something that uh you're observing that's that's also something to bring to your partner to have a conversation about um and that's just not how relationships work it's not it's not continual 
infidelity is only one reason. Right. I think looking towards those contextual issues that are producing stress and fatigue on you as individuals is something to look at first. Eight, they've grown to be more disrespectful towards you, whether it's a lack of caring or emotional abuse, because those are synonyms for each other. When your spouse is increasingly showing disrespect towards you, they're showing disrespect towards your marriage. Oh. And though arguing and getting irritated by your partner is normal, there is a line that shouldn't be crossed. So when you find them crossing that line again and again, it's a sign that they do not care for you nor the marriage. If you've gotten to that point, then what makes you think they wouldn't cheat on you? They've That's already shown, sense. yeah. Oh my gosh. They've already shown they don't care. Good or bad advice? <laughs> That's... That's a really interesting logical leap. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> yeah. I, the, um, the lack of caring or emotional abuse. Tomato, tomato. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to follow that logic, but let me back this up a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it needs to be backed up a little bit. I agree. <laughs> for me, this is good advice. Like, you should not be put up with disrespect in your relationship. And also that doesn't necessarily mean the person's cheating on you, right? Those two things aren't always equivalent. There are some people who are in really happy relationships and one partner cheats. Some people that show respect and like people cheat for a lot of reasons, not just because yeah. they disrespect the marriage. I would say that if that is a level of disrespect you're experiencing, regardless of whether that partner is cheating, yes. there needs to be some clear boundaries. There needs to be some clear discussion and there needs to be a level of respect reintroduced in the relationship or regardless of whether that person's cheating or not, potentially that relationship needs to come to yeah. an end. For me, in, in this piece, if somebody is experiencing, I mean, they jump from not caring to emotional abuse, which I think, like you said, Patricia, is a pretty big spectrum. If there's emotional abuse present, that needs to end. Right. Uh, can cheating be part of that? Yes. If somebody is perpetually cheating on you and lying about it, that is a piece of emotional abuse. So regardless of what that is, that needs to end. The logical leap here is like, well, they're disrespectful for you, so they don't care about you, so therefore they're cheating doesn't necessarily line up because there's a multitude of reasons why someone might cheat. So I'm going to say good advice that's also logically inconsistent. Okay. Good advice that's logically inconsistent. We'll mark, we'll mark it in that category. <laughs> a clear category we've definitely had before. <laughs> um, but I agree. Woods. Uh, yeah, so I would say bad advice um, for, I mean, I think similar line of thinking to Jacob. I think uh, this is not okay whether or not infidelity is happening, um, meaning a lack of caring in a relationship um, uh, is not a comfortable place to be, is something that could definitely be addressed. Emotional abuse, not acceptable or okay. I don't care if those things are tied to infidelity, that they are um, experiences in a relationship that are sort of... Um, that are deserving of, of working on, uh, regardless of whether or not um, uh, there's cheating that's happening. I do, I do think there is science, again, to suggest that um, people can sometimes observe in their partners changes in personality in terms of like their being sort of more demanding of having privacy or um, becoming a little bit more critical or those sorts of things that maybe um, 
is um, like a, a predictor or some, something that sort of flags that infidelity is happening. Yeah. But I, I, I don't need it to be tied to infidelity to say that um, working on your relationship when it's not sort of mutually satisfying is just important work regardless. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would agree with that. Like the baseline is that this is un- unacceptable, not that. Oh, Emotional abuse for sure. Right. I mean, goodness gracious. And it's interesting too how they set this one up. It seems like that this emotional abuse is the effect of cheating, which I think right, when I right, think right, that right, right. Relate, research would say that more often it might be the cause of stepping out. Yeah. yeah. So you might have a really dysfunctional relationship. And one of the ways to um, get out of that is to step out of the, the relationship. Bad advice. And we would replace it with if you were experiencing emotional abuse or disrespect um, to consider leaving the relationship or finding ways to fix that. Or as Jacob said, reintroduce respect into the relationship. Number 10, we're skipping ahead again. They're constantly liking the same person's posts on social media. The other person is usually someone of the opposite sex. In fact, this could be multiple people. If you're finding that your spouse is always liking the post of the same people of the opposite sex over and over, it's an indication of an affair. Or at least that they want one. Good or bad advice? What are we thinking? They're constantly liking the same person's post on social media. Again, it could be. Right. Like an indication that they are trying to like connect with somebody. Sure. Could it be, um, could this be one of many indications that a person is cheating on you? Yes. Um, if you are monitoring their social media to see whose posts they are liking, there is something already wrong with your relationship, whether there's infidelity or not, right? There's a a lack of trust there, a lack of, um, trust. Yeah. Uh, something, I, I don't know Trust. that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're not able to, not able to like have a honest conversation mm-hmm. with like, Hey, I'm feeling something about what's going on in a relationship. And then instead of talking to you, I've just been monitoring your social media. Um, so I, again, I don't really know if to say this is good or bad advice, but it's like, it's yes. Could liking posts on Facebook be cheating, but I'm going to say bad advice because have this conversation right have like express what you're feeling that leads you to go in and check what the social media feeds right. are looking like it it's almost like it's like you're alluding it's hard to say good or bad advice because that almost feels superfluous like no this there there should be other things that you're concerned about not not this but i but i see what you're saying um and i'm just waiting for sarah to say this is good advice sarah no, it's bad advice. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's also extremely heteronormative. Like mm. if there, if <laughs> if this was a sign of infidelity that your partner's engaging in basic social media, uh, and you were only paying attention to whether or not what they were liking was of some a person of the, the opposite, opposite sex, sex, yeah, and like <laughs> you're also potentially missing other relationships they're having. Like that's. Like sexual variety may be a reason why people have yeah. other relationships and it's not just necessarily with somebody of the opposite sex. Right. Thanks, worriedlovers.com. You're a horrible website. I can already tell. <laughs> um, oh, we will not be tagging them in social media. 
much good stuff. Um, I do think that a, a decent percentage of people monitor their partner's internet activities. I also am not sure that that's always like the healthiest mm-hmm. behavior. I think it's like uh, like a third of, of people maybe sort of monitor their partner's like social media use, internet activities. This is not um, uh, necessarily an indication of an affair and um, it just sounds like really basic social media use. Yeah. If you have a fear about this, you're either super controlling and violating a person's privacy or um, well, and it also contributes concerns for other reasons. Yeah. It also contributes to this idea of toxic masculinity, right? Because you're not a man is not allowed to interact professionally with women on social media because that the only thing that that could mean is an affair not that they respect them professionally or respect them as a friend or as another human being um so that is kind of the other uh, thorn in my side about this one as well so bad advice number 11 they constantly insist that you take a trip to get away whether it's a trip to go visit your family or a vacation with your friends it doesn't matter the reason why cheaters insist you do it is so they can spend more time with the person they're cheating on you with. Most cheating spouses are aware that these kind of opportunities don't happen often. That's why they're trying to make it happen, in quotes. So if your, your partner is constantly insisting that you go on a vacation by yourself, then they're cheating. Good or bad advice? So I'm going to say bad advice. And- I think just because I have worked with many couples who have experienced infidelity at varying levels. Yeah. And none of them I've ever heard is this person was constantly telling me to go on vacation. All right? Like, without me. Like, I mean, I, I think it's more common that the opposite happens. Oh, I need to go on vacation. Right. And then yeah. there's a rendezvous there. Like, I just don't feel it's like, oh, you know what? You should go take some time, go to a spa. I'm going to be here, like, hooking up with some rando. So um, I I just think this is, like, really misplaced advice. From from my clinical experience, I have never had this conversation where somebody came into me. I found out my partner was cheating on me because they sent me on so many vacations. <laughs> they kept sending me to golf excursions with my buddies. It was so confusing. <laughs> I get going. Oh, you're back already? I packed you a new suitcase. Here you go. <laughs> This time you're going on a fishing trip in Alaska. Have so much fun. (laughs) No, weird. I agree. Bad advice. What a random. (laughs) I've never heard of anybody. They're constantly asking me to get out of the house and go on vacation. Uh, No. If your partner is suggesting that you could take a vacation and they're supporting you in doing that, (laughs) enjoy the trip if it's constantly happening. Maybe ask a question or two before you get I mean, on the I plane. think my thought would first be that they're like some sort of weird serial murderer that they always want me out of the house because like that's when they're doing their Dexter so stuff. Weird. Like, but I don't, I don't know. And that is not based in science at all. That's based in media because of Dexter as a TV show. Yeah, I got it. Oh, oh, okay. Anyway, last but not least, we're going down to number 18. Oh, by the way, that one was bad advice if you guys didn't pick up on that. Number 18, they're telling you a story they've already told you. Now, if your spouse has always been like this, then it's probably just normal for them. However, if they've recently started doing this, then it's a sign your spouse could be cheating. The reason? If your spouse wants to share a story with you, they probably think they've 
they haven't told you yet. They know that they told someone, you and their hidden lover, but they aren't sure if they definitely told you. So they tell you anyway, just to make sure. Keep a lookout for small things like this. (laughs) Good or bad advice? Wow. Oh, wow. Like, I feel whoever is writing this article oh, needs... Oh, they, needs... they need some support. Some extra <laughs> support. Yeah, like... So I now mean, we've turned... Good. We're just concerned about the author of this now. Whoa. We're like, are you Whoa. okay? Like, do you need a hug? Like, what's happening here? Talk to, talk us through this. What's going on? Go ahead, Jacob. Good or bad advice. Like, I, I kind of feel like... Um, Potentially, and this is just some inference here, that the person who wrote this has potentially been cheated on and maybe is reworking everything that ever happened in that relationship to figure out the signs to protect themselves, which I think is a typically pretty common response to when those violations of trust have been present. This, to me, is more of a sign of that than your partner is cheating on you, right? <laughs> like, this, to me, is somebody is trying to manage their own anxiety and their own yeah. feelings. <laughs> because I don't remember which stories I've told my wife. Luckily, I have a wife like, dude, you've said this to me, like, three <laughs> times already. <laughs> right? Like, oh, sorry. Let me back this up. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But I think, too, like, if it's a big change for you, it may not be an indication of, like, um, like infidelity. It may be an indication of, like, memory issues. That, yeah, uh, dementia. Like, maybe, yeah, like, you need to get so, like... Well, now, those... now we've taken it too far. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, if we're going to go to those extremes, that's what we're looking at is, like... This is just a normal thing that happens. You don't remember what stories you've told everybody all the time, right? You could, as as maybe Sarah was indicating that we need to have more social norms around, like, stopping conversations in that research. Mm. You know, like, maybe we should be like, you know what? You've told me this story already, and that's okay. If you want to share it with me again, great. But I already know where you're going with this. I digress. But what I'm saying is, like... This is bad advice. If you are monitoring this again, this has more to do with you, I feel, than your partner. This has Mm -hmm. more to do with your feelings about your current relationship or maybe past hurts than what your partner's doing. So bad advice. Bad advice, Woods. Good or bad advice? I mean, just bad advice. Do I need to? I mean, do no, I need no, to no, you don't. It you don't. It's just yeah. if I think about the number of times my grandfather repeated a story in the many decades that I've known him, if every time we did that, my grandmother was like, "Oh, you freaking cheat!" <laughs> like, I mean, this is just this is just an indicator that your partner thinks you're so special that they're telling you stories yeah. over and over. And and that's I'm gonna just reframe it. Actually, what it says in here um, that. If your spouse wants to share a story with you, they probably think they haven't told you yet. They're wanting to share a story with you. Right. So weird. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is a good thing. This is a, this is a good thing, not a bad thing. I don't know where that voice came from. Hmm. So anyway, overall bad advice, and in general, I think um, this article we find is is bad advice. Maybe. Um, don't seek advice from worried lovers. If you have a question, listen to one of our episodes because we got you. We, we got you here or, at Attached. Uh, call us, tweet at us, hit us up on all the social meds. All the social meds, man. The social meds, man. 
So as always, thanks for listening to Attached. Remember to call us, email us, or get at us on the social meets about any relationship advice you've received and that you're wondering whether to follow or pass on. We cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs>